say that with all of my heart. I know that uh, in our world today, there is a lot of attack against the Bible from so many different directions, and it, it truly is a, a satanic uh, agenda to try to despoil what the, the Holy Word of God says and the gift that it is to us. But for those who love the Lord and for those who love His Word, it is a daily source of strength to us. And I'm so grateful for the work that Luke did in interviewing so many people concerning what transpired in so many of the uh, places throughout the book of Acts, throughout um, the, the history of how Jesus came and what it was that he accomplished um, in, those, in those really unique moments when the other gospel writers perhaps weren't led to, to write. But Luke has this really wonderful account that was obviously given to him by Mary, and it sheds light on what occurred during those days when, um, when Joseph and Mary were, were, were being brought together. He talks about the time with Zacharias and Elizabeth and the birth of John, the, the way that Gabriel spoke not only to Zacharias but also to Mary and then appeared to Joseph in dreams. All of those things are a gift uh, from God to us through his Spirit, of course, but because of uh, the, the diligence of this anointed man named Luke. Today, we want to talk about what happened after the baby's birth and after the shepherds were appeared to by the angelic and after they had come to Bethlehem and seen, they saw the child and they rejoiced together. And the scriptures that Megan read out of Luke chapter 2 are, are so compelling, and particularly today, we want to focus on that last verse. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. It seems to me that anytime God does something, we have really a great responsibility, not only to receive it, but to, to do something with it. You know, I've been pastoring for a long time, longer than my appearance looks. <laughs> but um, I, I've seen a lot of things during the years that I've been serving the Lord, particularly in this house. And I've watched people receive incredible gifts from God, just ways that God has blessed them, ways that God has touched their lives, dramatic healings, dramatic interventions, tremendous uh, expressions of favor of the Lord. And I've watched how people respond to those marvelous touches of God's anointed. And, and I, I recognize a miracle in what the Scripture says happened in Mary's life that's a miracle that we can all continue to participate in if we'll just be careful to honor uh, that miraculous pathway. What do you do when God touches your life? What do you do when you see God do something that is beyond the norm of the natural? God is still doing that today, don't you know? God is still working miracles. God is still touching people's lives. You know, I was talking to our brother Johnny last week 
about the, the way that God has been working in, in our physical bodies. Uh, and, and we can see the miraculous hand of God when perhaps something that could have been catastrophic in our physical body, God touched us and we're able to move and, and, and uh, have strength and go about our business. That, that's the Lord. God is still working miracles. But how we respond after the miracle really determines if there's going to be a lasting effect upon what God has done. Now, there are three things that are listed in this passage that Megan read. The first is what the shepherds did. And in verse 18, it says that after the shepherds came and gave this great testimony and there was the miracle. Can you imagine the presence of the Lord in that manger scene? There is the baby Jesus. There, it must have been supercharged with the miraculous. And so the shepherds go out and they're telling everyone. And it says that the, 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 the people wondered. The people wondered at those things. This is a Greek word, thalmazo. And it really indicates a type of an emotional expression, an immediate reaction to something that impacts your life. And we all face that no matter what we deal with in our lives. Things touch us and we respond. And it, it is often a, an emotional thing. Sometimes uh, things happen and we respond emotionally in a bad way. Sometimes when God does something and we respond, it's, it's a good way. We may say, thank you, Lord, or praise the Lord, or I, I just have a testimony today, brother. And we all respond, and that's just normal for us. But sadly, I've seen, and I know you all have seen, and I, I know that I've, I, I confess I've done this in my life. When God does something, I'm happy about it. And very often, though, I just go on to the next day. That's what so many of these people did. They wondered. They responded. And it's nothing bad about responding. There's nothing wrong with responding positively. There's something wrong with responding negatively. And if, if you respond negatively when things happen, maybe, maybe you need to do a little fine-tuning of your responses you know, I, I remember hearing what Ben Franklin said. When someone said something that would anger him, he would try to count to 100 before he responded. I'm up to about 10. Um, but I think that it would be good for us to learn a little self-control in how we respond. Um, I know as a pastor, there's sometimes I have a joke with, with my family and those close to me that I'm like a wooden Indian. I've learned that if you that one of the keys to a tenure in pastoring is not immediately responding when things go on. Uh, especially sometimes people can say things or do things, and, you, and you're, you're thinking in your mind, how in the world do they have the audacity to be doing that? But yet you, you smile and you stand there. So if you don't go away with anything from this message, perhaps we should go before the Lord and say, help me to know how to respond. Help me to know how to respond. And hopefully it will be a godly response. And uh, that's, that's the first thing that happens. But Mary did two things that are truly exceptional. Truly exceptional. I know we as Protestants, we, um, we are people who honor what Mary did. But we sometimes reflect on how the Catholics take this, the Mary saga 
two extremes. And I know some of you were raised Catholic, and uh, when we minister in Europe, we, we deal with a lot of people who are, who are Catholic. And um, the, the lines are blurred over in Europe. And um, it's, it's really refreshing in some ways. But the stories about Mary, oh, I remember one time having a, a lengthy discussion about who was in charge of the angelic in, in heaven. Now, I know that God is in charge of the angelic. There was a woman in Paris who was arguing with me that Mary is the queen of the angels. And we, we had quite a go-round about it. But for those purposes, you know the lady who cuts my hair, really sweet sweet woman. She's Catholic. She's not only a Catholic, but she is, a, she is kind of like a, a trainer. I, I don't know what the term is, but she meets with young people, and she meets with uh, other women, and really kind of keeps uh, the Catholic fires going. And I just sit there knowing that she has sharp instruments in her hand, and I listen to things that she says. <laughs> and I, I do that wooden Indian thing. You know, there's a lot of times that preacher Ron wants to say, no, wait a second, that's not scriptural. But I just try to listen. And uh, so we as Protestants, you know, we kind of temper our response about Mary. But here in verse 19, you see a a glorious depiction of what all of us should do. Not only did Mary experience the miracle of the Lord, she was holding it in her arms probably at this point, and um, not only did Mary walk through a lot of things that were exasperating for her. Can you imagine the things that Mary suffered? Uh, it's indicated that perhaps her own family in her own town rejected what was going on. And so she had to escape to Elizabeth's house, to, to somebody else who had the miracle power of the Lord moving in her. And, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine what that would have been like for a young girl to be immediately rebuffed by those around her who should have been supporting her, not, not the least of which was the, the awkward moments when she had to speak with Joseph. Thank God for the father sending Gabriel in a dream to, to set Joseph straight. And then I was also thinking, can you imagine what it must have been like for Mary to make that long journey, probably on the back of a donkey, at nine months pregnant? I remember there was a girl here who was pregnant, and she was afraid to get on an elevator. And she made it known. I'm not getting in there. And I thought, what could possibly, you think maybe the elevator will get trapped and the baby will come then, or maybe that movement from floor to floor will set things awry. But Mary had to attempt this arduous journey. And then you get to Bethlehem, the target point, and there's no place for you to stay. It seemed to be chaos, I'm, I'm certain with all of those people who were arriving in that city for the edict of the Roman emperor. But somehow Mary for, for, for expressed a, a foregoing of all of that, and she experienced the miracle power of the Lord, and she was collecting it. And the two things that Mary did in verse 19 was, first of all, she kept those things. I think it's important for us to do somewhat of what Les expressed earlier, to make sure that when God does something in your life, particularly if you're believing God to do something, that you take note of it and that you hold it dear, 
The term that is used there has, has terio in the part, in, in, in the root part of it. And that means you bring it into your home. You, you, you don't let it skip away from you when God does something. You bring it in and you reflect as David did. You meditate on the things of the Lord. And you allow the Spirit of God to direct you as to some of the wonderful things that God was doing when that miracle came. See, in our society, we're real quick to get things. We, we spend a lot of time getting them and then we get them. You'll, you'll find that out tomorrow, especially if you have kids. Once the packages are open, pew, hey, what about this thing grandma got you? <laughs> Have you forgotten about that? Uh, I'm guilty of that. I, you know, I, I know that we're just quick to receive and then not really cherish. And this second word that is expressed by what Mary did, she took care to remember what God had done. You see this characteristic in her when she went to Elizabeth's house. And Elizabeth said that as soon as I heard your voice, the babe, John the Baptist, leapt in my womb. And there that wonderful, wonderful expression, that poetic expression that Mary spoke, that has become the, what is known as the Magnificat, the, the beautiful song where she said, God has been good to me, and she entailed all of those things. Mary was built that way, and it, it really is something that we should recognize and employ in our own lives. And, you know, I, I challenge you, I challenge myself to, to do that. I remember Les referenced earlier again to many years ago, several years ago, when we referenced that passage in the, in the book of, uh, in the Old Testament that spoke about our book of remembrance that, that was written and then how God honored that. We ought to all have our own book of remembrance where we reflect on what has God done. You know what? That, that is not only something that God is worthy of, but it's something that's, that's akin to digesting the meat that God gives us so that it becomes part of the strength of our life. And as Paul wrote to Timothy, you know, you wore a good warfare on those things that were spoken over you and prophesied over you. You, 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 you do a good warfare based upon the things that your mother and your grandmother imparted into you. And those are gifts from God, and we should be very careful to cherish those gifts and to not let them escape from us. That's the thing that Mary began with. But then the third and the last thing was that she made those wonderful expressions from the Lord and her remembrance of them, she made them a part of her life. It wasn't just something that she kept. It was something that she became. And so this is a marvelous testament of Mary. And it's, to me, one of the great miracles of the birth of our Lord. It's often overlooked. You know, it's, it's often bypassed quickly. We'll talk about how she said, be it unto me according to your word. We talk about Joseph. We talk about her willingness to, to go this pathway with the Lord. We talk about all those wonderful things, and we should. But this is something that we need to do. This is something that no matter what God is working in your life, all of us need to do because it is the way that we really, that we really maintain this miracle power of the Lord. So, yes, we respond when God does something. And we respond 
really lovingly, you know, not just, a, well, praise God. Now, I mean, that's an easy thing to say, but do it from the heart, not just with your lips, but from your heart. Respond accordingly, but then reflect and make sure you preserve those things that God has done. And I'll tell you, when you make this a practice in your life, you will be astounded as to how that lives. It's not just words on a paper or words on a screen. It is alive. And the Spirit of the Lord will continue to speak to you about those things that God has done if we'll allow him the altar to do that upon. But then, make it a part of your life. Make it a musculature of faith. You know, so many times... You know, remember when Jesus uh, was, was with his disciples and they were, those hungry men were all saying, we didn't bring any food. We don't, we don't know what we're going to do. We're going to starve. You know, I, I guess it's not just restricted to men that way, but um, I know that um, Fabian's little boy, Levi, is, he seems to always be hungry. And... Um, even when he's not hungry, he seems to be hungry. Men can be that way. And all these guys are saying, Lord, don't you know what time it is? The pastor should, keep, should finish his sermon by now. My stomach's growling. I'm hungry. What are we going to do? And Jesus said, you don't remember the miracle of the loaves and fishes. What does that mean for what we're talking about? Whatever you're facing in your life right now, God has already given you living scriptures of many times that he's provided for you. Many times where you have faced things similar or greater than what you're facing now, and the same God is with you. God wants you to remember those things that he's done and be strengthened by them, and let that be a platform for which you believe for what you need now. You won't have that unless you do these three things. Respond accordingly. Gather them up and make them part of your circle of belief. And then let it become a part of your life to where you don't have to have somebody always exhorting you or encouraging you. We all need that from time to time. But David, remember what David did when the sons of Belial were wanting to stone him, yeah, it was that before they went to the enemy's camp and they took back what the enemy stole, David encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't have anybody else. He didn't have the pastor's uh, phone number on his cell phone. Oh, pastor, pray for me. I'm here for that. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. That is kingly. And that's what our privilege is. Let it become part of you so that you remember what God has done and you believe that the same God is with you now. He will never leave you or forsake you. That's what Mary did, and I'm so grateful for it, aren't you? She, uh, all the people wondered, all the people wondered. They should have wondered. They should have been amazed. It was glorious, but Mary took it two steps further, steps that we need to take. The first is, take those things you're wondering about and bring them home and make sure that you remember them. Put them in their place. File them away in the, in the chambers of your heart 
and then let that be the furnace through which the fire of the Lord moves through you. Let that become who you are. So that we're not just people who experience things. We're not just people who are believing for things, but we're people who are walking in faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So often we walk by sight. It's easy to do that. We need to see. But it's what we do with what we see that will turn that circumstance from a challenging moment into a point of victory. That's what Mary did. And that's what we must do. So, I know we're coming into this week that is leading into the end of the year. And as was said earlier, we've known incredible points of, of the miraculous this past year. I, I started listing them. I don't mean just small things. I mean big things. The doors that God has opened into South America, phenomenal things. Things that are continuing to go. Uh, just so many things. I've listed them. You can list them too. But what God is doing today and what he's going to do in this new year is probably going to be limited by how much we believe. You know, Caleb said, give me this mountain. God looked at that and said, I like this guy. He's, he's got a different heart. How's your heart? Born again? Yes. Praise God. That's the greatest miracle. But what are you going to do with that miracle? Are you going to keep positioning yourself for God to do more miracles? I, I choose that. How about you? So this is the story. It's often not told, but it's right there. It's the exclamation point to this Bethlehem story. And it's expressed by this precious woman named Mary, the mother of Jesus. She experienced, yes. She retained and she became. That's what we must be. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege of walking with you. We thank you for your light in these dark days, in these days where darkness is upon the earth and gross darkness the people in so many unfathomable ways, but yet your light shines upon us. And we're so grateful for that. You're so good to us. Thank you for the blessings that you've poured out upon every family that's here with us or joining with us online. Thank you for what you're doing even now. I, in fact, Father, I ask that your spirit would touch every person in this place and every person who's joining with us on screens all over this world. I ask that you will visit them today on this special day whatever it is that they're believing for in their life, whether it's a measure of encouragement, whether it's a measure of healing, whether it's a measure of financial provision, maybe there are unique circumstances that families are going to be encountering today and tomorrow, awkward situations, difficult situations. Father, may your spirit flood that room where those meetings will occur, and may the amazing presence of the Prince of Peace Take charge in that place. You can do that, Father. Only you can do that. But whatever it is that your people need today, you're still a God who gives. And I ask that you'll touch your people even now it, by the name of Jesus and through his wonderful power. Heal, set free, provide, encourage. Do the work that only you can do. And as you do that, we'll be faithful 
to give you thanks. We'll be faithful to remember. And we'll be faithful to move forward on the basis of that power. Thank you for coming to this world, Jesus. Father, thank you for sending your Son. Thank you for the privilege of being born again only through him. Thank you for the privilege of walking in faith with him. We love you. We are so grateful for you. And we, we just pronounce the blessing that you've reserved for your people for this day and for the days ahead. For all this, we give you thanks. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Thank you so much for being here. And I know that many of you, some of you are going to be traveling as soon as you leave this place today. Be safe and be well. And we'll look forward to um, Wednesday service and then next Sunday. Uh, now, here, here we have another gift. And Imani has been busily laboring in the room just right out to this door and immediately to the left. I don't know what she has in there. Snacks, things to drink. I, I don't know. It would be a brief time of fellowship if you want to go there and avail yourself of that time. But God bless you. Thanks for being here today. And as Kelly said, don't forget to greet our, our family members here, uh, the Johnsons. So Merry Christmas. God bless you. Bye-bye.